You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Podcast. It's great to be back our second week, so welcome back. Folks are kind of coming back slow and cautious, which we fully understand. Great to have you in the house today. If it would happen to be your first time here at Grace Covenant, we want to extend a special welcome to you. Great to have you as our guest today. A little new strategy here. If you're here for the first time, we would ask you, if you would, text the word GUEST to the number 704-486-9664. That'll connect you to our guest services. Um, we'll also be able to get a bit of information from you. Beyond that, I would ask right after the service, if you would, please uh, stop by uh, Guest Central. Just follow the hallway around. You'll come to a place called Guest Central. We would love to get to meet you, um, hear a little bit of your story. So again, great to have you here in worship with us this morning. Well, as you look to the worship guide, a couple of things that I want to just highlight for you. Next Sunday, uh, we are back to a full program, meaning that we ha- are going to have ministry for uh, all the children and students. They'll be back into their area, so uh, pass that uh, information around and pass it on um, It'll be fun for both our children and our students to be back engaged. And what that means for our students is they're going to be in the brand new facility that is now finished. So they're going to be in the middle school room, the high school room. In a coming Sunday, we'll be actually having a worship service in there as we dedicate this beautiful tool that the Lord's blessed us with. But that's coming uh, next Sunday. Also, let me just remind you, this Wednesday night we have part two of our Grace Talk. Um, addressing the injustice of racism. Last Wednesday night was phenomenal. I would encourage you, you can join us here physically at 7 o'clock, or you can join us, Grace Online or Facebook Live. Uh, we'll have that available. So it's a great opportunity to, you know, just to get connected, to broaden our understanding of uh, how we can be a part of God's healing in our community and in our nation. Where we have the offering boxes in the back in the season we're not passing the bags but this gives you the opportunity to if you haven't figured this out yet you know prior to the pandemic we received the offering before the preaching now you get to determine whether the sermon's worth it or not as to whether you give so right pretty good setup but as you leave the boxes are in the back for those watching online you can uh, give um there's a little uh icon you can click on you can give um Online through that means. Uh, this morning, before we get into the word, I want to pray over the offering and for the word that we're going to have today. Would you pray with me, Lord? We thank you today for your generosity. Wow, God, you have blessed us so. We just acknowledge you as the source today. And Lord, as we bring our tithe and offering, God, it's really no manipulation, no arm twisting, God. It's simply our response. God, it's our statement of trust in you. And Lord, as we look to your word this morning, I pray that our hearts and minds would be open and receptive. Holy Spirit, help me that I might effectively deliver uh, your word today. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, you can look with me to Acts chapter 2. It's where we're at this morning. Today we are concluding the Essentials series as we've been talking about actions and activities that are vital for our ongoing, uh, our ongoing spiritual growth and development. Now, I, I think most of you probably realize this, but let me say it this morning. You are a spiritual being that's having a temporary physical experience. Spiritual being 
having a temporary physical experience. I did a funeral here just yesterday, and I was reminded again that we are spiritual beings having a temporary physical experience. So what that means is, as you embrace your relationship with Christ, as you're growing in your faith life, listen, that carries on for all eternity. It's not just about the here and now. Here and now is important, but here and now is pretty it's pretty short compared to all eternity. So what I've come to understand about what happens after this life is an ongoing engagement and ever uh ever um an ongoing process of of growth and development. And so we are what we're, we're physical beings having a temporary spiritual experience. So we need to be concerned about what our our ongoing spiritual growth. You know as we look to Acts chapter 2 uh, God, according to his plan, um, poured out the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And on that day, the church was launched. Pretty significant, because up until this time, in the prior covenant, God had mainly dealt with the, the Jews. If you were not a Jew, you were outside looking in. But what we know, through the provision of Christ on the on the cross, and on the day of Pentecost, the way was open for anyone and everyone who would believe and receive. Now, if you're here today and you're not a Jew, that means you're a Gentile. So this is great news for you. In other words, you get in. You get, you get, to, you get to be invited in through the provision of the So all of this happened on the day of Pentecost as, according to God's plan, the church was launched. And as the church was birthed, there were essentials that early believers engaged in that are still essential for us today. Essentials in this, that they're not optional. They're critical to the vitality of our relationship with God and critical to our ongoing spiritual development. You know, in this recent crisis of, of the COVID-19 pandemic, one of the funny stories, at least I think it was a funny story that came out of this time was the shortage on toilet paper. Of all things, of all things that people would make a run on, was toilet paper. I mean, you probably had this experience. You, you would go to the store where you normally shop, uh, and you would go to the section in the store where they would normally have toilet paper, and what, the, the shelves were? They were bare. No toilet paper, no paper towels, no napkins. It was, it was all gone. One of my friends actually told me this happened. He was in a store shopping, and he goes down the aisle where the where the toilet paper is normally at, and there was like one package of toilet paper left. And he said there was a lady that was actually guarding this toilet paper. Well, she's talking on the phone to her friend to find out if she needed any toilet paper. The toilet paper, the essential. Now, I would submit to you this morning, if it, if toilet paper is essential in our lives, and the things we find in Acts chapter 2 are even more so for our ongoing spiritual development. So let's pick this up, Acts chapter 2, the beginning with verse 42. They, being the early believers, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods. They gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. 
And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So in this passage of Scripture, we have a snapshot of the church while it was still in what I would call its infant stage. And it's in its infancy, we see that along with their commitment to learning, the apostles' teaching, along with their commitment to community, living out love and care for one another, there was this ongoing practice of prayer and worship that was like an essential lifeline to their spiritual vitality, effectiveness, and growth. Matter of fact, the scripture says that they were devoted to, they were devoted to, to these actions that not only brought spiritual growth and vibrancy, but I believe it was these actions that positioned the corporate church, the, the body of Christ, for effectiveness. I mean, if you read on through Acts chapter 2, what you'll find in a very short period of time, the gospel message, the good news of the gospel, the way of salvation was proclaimed in the regions throughout the earth in a short period of time. How could that happen? Like this was before social media. This is before technology. How did that happen? I believe it was because the early believers were committed to these essentials, these, these basics. What it means to live out our faith. I think the same must be true for us today. Without the existence of these essential lifelines in our daily lives, our spiritual vitality, effectiveness, and growth are greatly challenged. Beyond being challenged, I would submit to you this morning, this is quite a strong statement, but I would submit to you that you will not experience ongoing growth, spiritual growth in your life if you are not embracing these basics, these essentials. Interesting, in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, the scripture says, Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity. In other words, there's an expectation of this progression in our lives. And I believe it's really about the essentials. It's about the basics. Listen, it is possible for someone to be 10, 20, 30 years old in their faith journey, meaning that they've known Christ for 10, 20, 30 years, yet still be a spiritual infant, spiritually speaking. Why? Because they've not embraced the essentials. They've not embraced these things that we find happening in in the early church. So they're critical. This last essential that we want to talk about today is, is prayer, prayer and worship. The early believers were daily engaging in prayer and worship, and it was these two actions that energized their faith and brought growth, spiritual growth, for their lives. And before I talk with you about why prayer and worship is essential, I want you to hear from one of our elders, um, Chris and Carol McCall. We asked them to talk with us about prayer and the significance of prayer and worship. So I want you to listen to what they had to say. Hello. We're Chris and Carol McCall, and we'd like to share some thoughts about prayer and worship today. One of the things that first attracted me to Chris when we were friends in high school and then later when we were dating in college was that he would pray with and for me. My own prayer life uh, started pretty much with just uh, observing other people and praying uh, memorized prayers. Uh, I saw my great aunt pray diligently. Uh, She had a prayer partner, and they prayed an hour a day. And I saw something in her life that I later would recognize as the fruit of the Spirit. Those qualities that I saw in her, I knew were somehow linked to her love for Jesus and her prayer life. And I wanted uh, to be likewise. As I began to pray and read scripture, I began to realize that the psalmist 
were transparent with God in, in what they were thinking and what they were feeling. If they were angry, if they were fearful, they were transparent about it. And I began to do likewise. And God met me there. Later, I began to incorporate passages of scripture in my prayer. And uh, I did that because I realized that if I was taking it in context, I knew I was, I was praying God's will. And that's um, more powerful than praying my will. Uh, later, I began to incorporate um, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, and praise in my prayers. And as I learned more of who God is, I began to incorporate um, who he is in my prayers. Uh, one time about 20 years ago, I was praying and I said something like, your wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, without my heart engaged. And the Holy Spirit convicted me of that. Um, when I repented, um, I asked our Lord to reveal more of who he is to me. And he began to do that. That day, I started an alphabetical list of names, titles, and character attributes of God. And I frequently use them in my personal times of prayer and worship. Um, several years ago, we were going through a heart-wrenching family situation. Um, I was pouring out my heart and praying to God and weeping. Um, and after about 25 minutes of that, our uh, Holy Spirit spoke to my heart, worship me. And I told him, um, you know, Lord, I don't feel like worshiping you right now, but I choose to be obedient. And so I sang, I worship you, almighty God. Um, it sounded horrible. Um, but when I finished, um, I wanted to worship him. So I sang it again, this time with my heart engaged. And when I finished, um, I knew that God was going to sustain us through what the future held. And I also knew what my role in it was to pray for them and love them. Prayer and worship are intertwined. I need them, and so do you. Prayer is something that we should and need to do. There have been times when I prayed that I did not want to pray, but when I did, something changed in me. One of my favorite quotes is from C.S. Lewis, is I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time, waking and sleeping. It does not change God. It changes me. Many see prayer as a command. Matthew 6, 5. And when you pray. Matthew 6, 9. This then is how you should pray. Romans 12, 12. Be joyful. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. I like to think these verses as a call to action rather than a command. The call to start the action of the prayer. Once we begin, we begin, take the leap of faith. God is revealed to our heart. God has first called us, but we respond in faith with worship and thanksgiving. If God never answered another prayer, Jesus' sacrifice would be enough. God would still be very God of very God and worthy of all praise and adoration from all of his creation. Thanks for being with us today.
But prayer and worship are so essential in our lives and in our faith journey. As I was thinking about how can I illustrate that, the simplest illustration I could come up with that I think everyone can relate to this morning is in your home, you have a number of different objects that, that require electrical power to work. It could be the coffee pot, could be the refrigerator, could be an electric trill, television set. Um, those items will not work unless you take the cord, the electrical cord, and plug it into the power outlet. It's not until you plug it into the power source that the object, whatever it is, will work. If you can think of prayer like this, prayer is the electrical cord that connects us to the source. And as we connect to the source, it's then that we experience that of God's work and in, into in our lives. We're connecting to the power source. And that's why, again, prayer is, is so essential. Really, really quick, in the few minutes I have left, let me give you five statements. As I thought about this, five reasons why I think prayer is essential. The first is this, Jesus directs us to pray. Or if you could, I could say it like this, Jesus commands us to pray. And not only did Jesus model prayer um, for the disciples, not only did they see him praying, a number of times the scripture says Jesus got up early in the morning and went out and prayed. Not only did he model prayer, but he directed the disciples, he directed us as Christ followers to prayer. Matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, 6, and 7, I, I want you to listen to what Jesus said. And when you pray... Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to the Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Did you catch uh, the redundancy in what Jesus was saying? Or did you catch what he continually repeated? In verse 5 he says, and when you pray. The beginning of verse 6 he says, but when you pray. In verse 7 he says, and when you pray. In other words, it's not a matter if we pray. According to Jesus, it's a matter of, of when we pray. You can pray in the morning, you can pray in the middle of the day, you can pray at the end of the day, you can pray throughout the day. But what's, what, what Jesus tells us is, is he directs us to the, to the priority of prayer, to the priority of connecting in relationship with the Father. I think secondly, prayer is essential because it gives us direct access to God. I mean, think about this. This, for me, this is amazing. This is absolutely mind-blowing that we, the created, have an opportunity to have direct access to the Creator. With all of our faults, with all of our failings, in the midst of messed-up humanity, what we have the privilege of having direct access to God. How do we do that? It's through prayer. I love the scripture in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, that says, Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, with courage, so that we might receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Listen, friend, here's the good news today. You don't need anyone to represent you to God. You don't need the pastor. You don't need a priest. You don't need a, a mediator, someone to go in between 
Now what? You have direct access to God through prayer. That's, that's why it's essential for us. Here's the third essential prayer expresses our dependency on God. It's, it's the means by which we make our needs known to the one who is able. Our dependency. As we humbly come before God in prayer, what it's this statement, God, we need you. I, I don't know if you figured this out yet or not. I assume that you have. But you don't have all that you need in you to do all that God's called and created you to do and be. Say it again. You don't have all that you need within you to do and be all that God has called and created you to be. What do you need? You need a source greater than yourself. I'm so aware of this in my own life. Then what, This is what I've come to know. Without God, I'm in trouble. I would say to you, without God, you're in trouble. Listen, without God, we are up the creek without a paddle. We, we, we don't have what we need. Why? So prayer is a means that we humble ourselves before the God who is able. To say, God, work in me and work through me. God, bring your fullness to my life. Flow it through my life. That leads us right to the fourth reason prayer is essential. Prayer provides an opportunity to exercise our faith. Now, it's probably the most, prayer is probably the most common way that we put faith to action. And that opens the way then for God to work in our lives. Now, I want you to listen to what James wrote. James chapter 5, verse 13 and following. It says, is any one of you in trouble? Notice, what should he do? couple of you got it. It's on the screen. Okay. I'm not talking to a camera. I am talking to a camera for Grace Online. But for all of you here, what does the scripture say? If anyone is you in trouble, if any one of you is in trouble, what should he do? Pray. Should pray. Thank you. Is anyone happy? What? Let him sing songs of praise. If any one of you is sick, he should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And that prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he'll be forgiven. So if you're in a place of trouble, what? You, you, you pray. You, you partner faith in action. But you, you're, you're releasing faith in that time of trouble. The scripture goes on to say, if you're sick, what do you do? You call the elders of the church. What? So that faith could be released through prayer. If I had time this morning, I could tell you countless stories where we've seen the supernatural, where we've seen the miraculous of God happen as we have called the elders, anointed with oil, and, and released faith through prayer. But God honors His Word. I mean, we've seen miracles happen. We've seen cancer here. We've seen God do great things. Why? Because through prayer, we're releasing faith. It's not about the elders. It's not about a man. It's about God. But it's faith released through prayer that connects us. The last part of James 5 verse 16 says the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Here's the final reason that I believe that prayer is essential. Prayer is the gateway to worship. It opens the way for us to come humbly yet boldly before God, not only to declare his greatness, but to experience His greatness in our lives. In Psalm 100, verse 4 and 5, the Scripture says, Enter His gates with thanksgiving. 
in his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. The prayerful worship acknowledges the greatness of God. It, it acknowledges the holiness of God. It opens our lives to experience God in a greater way. Friends, that's why I would say today that prayer is essential, not optional, essential in our lives and for our lives. But maybe today, maybe today you're feeling a bit like the disciples. In Matthew, in the Gospel of Matthew chapter I can find the verse in, in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 9. There's a story where the disciples are interacting with Jesus. And, and this is what they say. Jesus teaches how to pray. Obviously, they had watched Jesus pray. Obviously, they had heard his prayers and they knew that something was lacking in their own lives. So what did they say? Jesus, teach us to pray. No, it was their desire to learn how to pray in a greater way. And maybe... That should be our response today. Lord, teach us how to pray. Maybe if you're just getting started, maybe it's, it's like a whole new discovery. So maybe you're at, at stage one. Maybe you've been walking with Christ for a while and, and there's been a development of this process of prayer for you. Maybe you're in a different season in a different place. But this is what I know for all of us today. We could say, Holy Spirit, teach us how to pray in a greater way. Teach us how to pray in a deeper way. Teach us how to connect with the Father in a greater way through prayer. But it's interesting that as the disciples said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. He gave them a model prayer. He gave them this, this framework as to how they could engage in prayer. It's what we know today as the Lord's Prayer. So this morning, I thought a great way for us to conclude would be uh, reciting or saying the Lord's Prayer together. So it's on the screen. Even if you're watching online this morning, right there in your living room, you can join us as we uh, recite the Lord's Prayer together. Would you join me? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, Lord, we ask today, even as the disciples did, teach us how to pray. Yeah, this is not some optional activity that we can pick out of a list of things. No, it's essential. And we're connecting in relationship with you. That we're connecting in a way, God, that you can bring the source, the fullness of who you are into our lives and flow it through our lives. So that even as the disciples prayed, so we pray today, Holy Spirit, teach us to pray. For some, Lord, today that means getting them off of uh, being a place of stuck, of stepping in maybe to that level one engagement. For some, maybe it's moving from um, 
a level three to a level four, a level five. Holy Spirit, wherever we're at, I pray from where we're at, looking forward, moving forward, that you would in a greater way teach us. Teach us how to pray. May we be disciplined in our lives to embrace this essential that's so critical for our ongoing growth and spiritual development. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, before I release you this morning, I, I want to give you actually an opportunity to exercise prayer. Um, I hate to end the service this way, but there's a statement that I need to read for uh, you as our Grace Covenant family as well, for those watching online. After much prayer and much process, as of this past Tuesday, we've released Justin Reed from his responsibilities as the worship pastor of Grace Covenant. Due to confidentiality issues in relation to personnel issues, I cannot go into any of the details that brought us to this painful decision. I would ask that you be in prayer for Justin as he transitions from grace. I know the lack of information can inspire a rumor mill. I ask that you do not do that and trust us that although this was a difficult decision, we believe it was necessary. We've offered support and counsel if he chooses to receive it. Again, I'm sorry that I have to leave you going out of the service with this note and this point of information. But I think before I would, before we would go, I would just invite you to join me in the very thing we just talked about, being prayer. Would you pray with me? Lord, we, we come to difficult places in life. And Lord, I, I know for me this has been... Uh, uh, a horrible past 10 days. Uh, painful for me, for our church family. And Lord, I ask that you would bring help. I'm reminded of your word that says you're the father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in our troubles. Lord, today we pray for Justin. We ask Holy Spirit that you would work deep in his life. May he know the depth of your love. And Lord, I pray for our Grace Covenant family as we move forward. Holy Spirit, would you guide us? Lord, there's steps that are now necessary as to what this looks like moving forward. Because worship is a critical component component of our church family, our worship experience. So, Holy Spirit, guide us forward. And Lord, I pray for our, our, our church family that we would... Uh, that we would respond to this in a righteous, God-honoring way. Lord, I just thank you for the help that you've already brought and the help that I know you're going to bring. But we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.